0: TED Audio Collective. Hi, everyone. So something a little different today. We're sharing an episode of a TED Audio Collective podcast, TED Tech. Every week, host and tech journalist Sherelle Dorsey explores a TED Talk that shows how technology is changing humanity and the way we live. Here's one we thought you'd enjoy. If you like it, get more episodes by following TED Tech wherever you're listening to this.
1: There's a saying you hear a lot in Silicon Valley. Move fast and break things. It's this mantra that a lot of the big tech companies have lived by. Upset the status quo, don't obsess over perfection, but embrace change. When I was working for a world-famous startup... Some of the team members and I would quote the famous Jay-Z lyric, Difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week. So we built things accordingly. Coming up with an idea during an all-hands meeting on Monday, testing the idea by Wednesday, and talking through a post-mortem by Friday before we rolled the project out across the board. It sounds cute on the surface. Breaking things quickly might be okay for innovation, but less so on the actual people affected by said innovation especially when that innovation isn't built to address actual human problems. So shouldn't the mantra be move fast and fix things that will have the greatest positive impact on society? This is TED Tech and I'm Sherelle Dorsey. There's so much broken in this country and around the globe that tech can genuinely fix. Access to the ballot box, access to power and water or renewable energy, direct access to elected officials or powerful people to make one's voice heard. And here in the US, another thing that can be hard to access via decades old methods is our so-called social safety net. It's been true for a long time, but the emergence of COVID really made clear how difficult it can be for ordinary Americans to access the help they need when they're hit with an unexpected emergency. This was millions of Americans, and not just impoverished people, who needed services and help in what we learned to be a significantly fragile system. In our talk today, Amanda Renteria, CEO of Code for America, points out that her organization was able to turn a bewildering 51-page questionnaire into a less than 15-minute app experience. A fix to that degree sounds like innovation in the right direction. Imagine if companies prioritize using code to streamline access to many of the services that we know are broken. Because code can help us do more than just get a sandwich delivered. Stick around after the talk to hear from the CEO of another company that is using tech to proactively fix what is broken, government bill collection.
0: This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on fitness trends. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in active lifestyle, healthy eating, wearable tech and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas that you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customized to better fit your investing goals, all in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwabcom thematic investing.
2: Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until
1: the Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m.
2: The office was shocked.
3: Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So my dad's first lesson to me was, look people in the eye, Micha. Make sure people see you and you see them. He has been a proud janitor, farm worker, shoe shiner, home builder, and small business owner. He has seen the world from so many different lenses and has lots of stories to tell. But there's one I've never been able to get out of my head: a story of when my dad was a young kid. He and my Theo Mayo knew exactly when the trucks would come in. Under the freeway, just as the sun set. They jumped the fence to get into the dump. And as they waited for the trucks, they'd make bets on who would find the best food. An uneaten apple they could clean, a perfect banana, sometimes a candy bar or a wrapped sandwich. And then they'd grab whatever they could find and save the very best to bring home to their even younger brothers and sisters. I hate that story, but I share it because we can't solve what we can't see. In 1936, the image of the migrant mother captured the living conditions in the West, showing lawmakers what people were going through. After it published, the United States government sent 20,000 pounds of food, and that image solidified support for the very first safety net programs in America. Yet still today, more than 37 million Americans are still living in poverty, One in six kids. As a student of economics and a career public servant, I know we've been at this for a long time. But it's my work today that has given me the hope that we can finally end poverty as we know it, and here's why. Right now, there are 80 public benefit programs all across the country intended to provide critical anti-poverty resources. Yet an estimated $60 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. 60 billion, I believe in large part due to complicated, outdated systems that weren't designed to see the people they serve. I want you to imagine for a moment that you lost your job and you don't know how you're going to put food on the table, but you hear about this government program that can help. And so you begin the process of applying. The first thing you realize is you can't do it on the only online connection you have, your phone, because the only way to apply online is through a desktop computer, So you head to the community library, you go through screen after screen, answering close to 200 questions, wading through confusing instructions. It feels a little bit like a game of gotcha, except your benefits are at risk. Now, if you're from a place like my hometown, a small rural farming town, there isn't an easily accessible public venue with desktop computers. So you have to find a ride to the nearest social services office, maybe 30 miles away. When you get there, you have to walk through metal detectors with two security guards past a long table of scattered paper forms into the main waiting room. It's loud, and there's a long line leading to that service counter. When you get to the front of it, you're met with a thick, clouded sheet of bulletproof glass separating you from someone who could finally help. That has been the system in America for many communities like mine. So it's no wonder that 14 million Americans aren't enrolled in child and food nutrition programs or that 6 million are missing health care benefits. Technology has changed almost every aspect of our lives. It's made things faster, more efficient, automatic. We need to do the same for people seeking benefits. I work for an organization called Code for America, We deploy human-centered technology, the kind that respects you from the start, meets you where you are, provides an easy, positive experience. And our research has shown there are four factors we need to overcome. First, we know that far more people have access to the internet on their phone than a desktop computer, so applications should be online and mobile-friendly. Second, lots of people are falling off because the process is complicated, so applications need to be simple and easy to use. Third, we know that people who are eligible for one program, like food assistance, are pretty likely to be eligible for another, like healthcare. So let's combine processes where we can. And finally, we know there are unseen heroes in government, caseworkers, social workers on the front lines navigating old systems. We can equip them with the data and tools to streamline their efforts. California's food assistance used to look like. 183 questions, 51 pages of screens, available only by desktop computer. We took that application and redesigned it. This is Get Cal Fresh, a mobile first application available 24 hours a day in multiple languages with chat support. (laughs) California's food assistance application went from one of the most complex in the nation to being recognized as one of the easiest application experiences of any state. For 10 years, we had been working with multiple states on projects just like that, showing the importance and potential of digital delivery of benefits, and that's when the pandemic hit. In West Valley, Utah, San Antonio, Texas, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, parking lots filled with families waiting for food. America could finally see what we had been seeing for a decade, the growing number of people in poverty and communities left out as a result of failing systems. Our phones started ringing. From Washington to Maryland, we helped states distribute $600 million in benefits to kids in school lunch programs. Louisiana shared used our best practices tools in notifying people. They proactively sent out more than 40 million texts to residents on how to access critical services. And in Minnesota, we developed an all-in-one application for nine different safety net benefits. That can be completed in less than 14 minutes. Nearly 200,000 people immediately applied in the first six months. And for the first time ever, Minnesota's system integrated to reach all sovereign tribal nation members. That's what is possible. And this is the moment to keep going, redesigning our safety net for a new time and a new age. And we can do it all across the country as governments reset. Over the next seven years, we will partner to redesign systems to unlock $30 billion in benefits for 13 million eligible people in at least 15 states. We will bring data scientists and engineers, technologists and researchers together, sitting side by side with government teams. And our Safety Net Innovation Lab will improve upon and share best practices so that every government can benefit. Because at the heart of our audacious goal is to show the world what's possible when we use the best tools we have today, human-centered technology and government, so that families aren't waiting in parking lots for resources or kids growing up like my dad aren't searching for food by whatever means possible. Then, then we will see the true potential of every kid. And that's the calling of this moment, to redesign our systems, to see people, all people. Thank you. you. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until...
1: That presentation
3: appeared out of thin air.
2: Also, it's eerily on brand.
3: Wait, did that agenda just write itself?
2: Words appear, making this unexplainable case...
3: Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds.
2: Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work.
0: Support for this show comes from Brooks. I've really gotten in a running this year, so I have to tell you about the Ghost 16 from Brooks because this shoe is kind of a game changer. I found the cushioning to be next-level comfortable. It's incredibly soft, yet surprisingly lightweight. It's literally comfortable every time my foot hits the pavement. The Ghost 16 from Brooks isn't just a shoe for me. It's a daily boost for my runs. Visit brooksrunning.com to learn more. Amanda Renteria said, we
1: can't solve what we can't see. Often, one reason why we can't see a problem is because it's hidden by design and kept invisible by the systems all around us. When solutions miss the mark, it's because they are frequently designed by people who likely haven't experienced the problem firsthand. Many of us are far removed from the daily struggle of those who are living at the margins of society. Thus, we have borne witness to too much tech being built for people by people who have starkly different lived experiences. Take government payments. The ways that most people interact with their local state or federal governments is via a dizzying array of forms, documents, and websites. For the great many people who end up owing money to the government, whether because of parole payments, utility bills, parking tickets, etc., this paperwork can quickly snowball and become a nightmare, especially once you've fallen behind on your payments. A lot of governments have very punitive perspectives.
4: I once met with someone who said at a um, parking agency where they said, why can't we just boot people the day they miss a payment? And so there's very much a belief for some people that the best way to handle government debt is to punish people. And as soon as that punishment
1: happens, then they are more likely to pay. Phaedra ellis Lampkins is the co-founder of Promise, an organization that is using tech to fix this horribly broken process and system for those who owe money to the government. Fundamentally, we believe that if someone doesn't make a payment, it's because they don't have the money and the
4: structure doesn't work. If you don't pay by this day, here is the consequence. We think that is wrong and it doesn't make sense from a data perspective. We have a repayment rate of 93%. The reason we have a repayment rate and we mostly work with people who haven't been paying in the past
1: is because we make it easy and efficient and beautiful for people to be able to pay. An organization like Promise allows the user to be seen as a human, not a number, which improves outcomes on both sides of the equation. And still, solving government payment issues remains a multi-billion dollar market opportunity, not just a philanthropic one. Some governments say, if
4: you can't afford to make a payment, you have to prove you're poor. And it takes more work to prove you're poor, and you still have to pay off the full debt. When you can't afford to pay a bill, they want you to submit your taxes, they want you to answer questions, they want you to take off a day off work and come into the office. That's a fundamentally broken system. And so the biggest thing we work on is making it easier for
1: people to access services they deserve and also be able to pay off debt. But this only works when those who make the programs, the software and the systems are designed by people who actually understand who it is they are serving.
4: I think the reason this issue hasn't been resolved before is frankly because technology isn't being designed by people who understand what it's like to have your water shut off or lose your driver's license. And so, you know, there is a lot of technology for for people who understand how hard it is to get out of the club and not be able to find a taxi or not to find someone to walk your dog or pick up your dry cleaning. And so we need more people who understand what these problems are like, who want dignity and respect and want beautiful technology. Most of our peers in this work are owned by private equity companies. And so they think punitive or they don't think in beautiful design for our folks, I had an example where I was talking to an engineer about taking payments. And I said, we shouldn't you know, do this in the morning. And he said, why does it matter? And I said, because people's money is gone by the end of the day. And he said "It's he couldn't believe that there was a world in which someone got paid and their money was gone the day they got paid. And so it made me realize that can't be who's building technology. It has to be people who understand it's not because someone did something wrong. It's because they have $12 of bills and $10 in the bank. And so, if we don't build systems that recognize the inherent dignity and goodness in folks, then we will
1: not have technology
4: that we can all be proud
1: of. That's Phaedra Ellis Lambkins of Promise Pay. You can hear Phaedra banging her hand on the table at the end there. That kind of righteous indignation is the energy all tech should be bringing to fixing these problems that are hidden in plain sight all around us. Ted Tech is part of the Ted Audio Collective and is produced by TED in partnership with Transmitter Media. Our editor is Sammy Case, and the show is fact-checked by TED. I'm Sherelle Dorsey. Let's keep digging into the future. Join me next week for more.
4: You're growing a business, and you can't afford to slow down.